now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketchpad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 262. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for downloading. And first-time listeners, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the iPhone 8 rumors have reached fever pitch. Sony has launched its first range of OLED Bravia TVs and the glasses that can help you avoid digital eye strain. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Hisense Series 7 ULED TV, the Nokia 6 Android smartphone, and Kensington's latest range of computer accessories. And we'll wrap it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show planned for you, so let's jump straight in. Well, it's potentially only a few weeks before we see an event to announce the new iPhones from Apple. And uh, usually that event takes place in early to mid-September, so in about three to four weeks' time. Uh, the we, we should hear some news of an event taking place. Uh, the the rumours normally ramp up closer to this time of year. And this year, uh, I have to say, the rumours have, have reached a new level, especially with the rumour of uh, a brand new iPhone. Uh, the, the, the anticipation is we're going to get an iPhone 8, despite the fact that an iPhone 7 was introduced last year. Now, our Apple's normal release pattern is uh, a new iPhone number. So, for example, the iPhone 7. The following year then followed up by an S version of that product, so the iPhone 7S. Now, that's probably going to happen this year as well, and usually the pattern goes where where the phone gets a new number, it gets a new design. When the phone is given the S moniker, so the, the 6S, for example, it retains the same design but uh, adds new features. In this case, we're going to see, and if the rumours are to be believed, we're going to see two new iPhones. And the 7S that we are all expecting, so we can expect maybe a slight tweak to the current design that we see now uh, in the same screen sizes uh, with some additional features. The other thing we're going to see, and this, this I think will be one of the first times that Apple has ever released two new iPhones uh, in a single year. So we're likely to see the 7S and 7S Plus. But the big talk is about the iPhone 8, the device, the new device that, that, that everyone uh, report, that Apple reportedly will release. If the rumors are to be believed, Apple will release uh, a new device with a new design a new approach, and that that is looking to be like the iPhone 8. 
Now, in recent weeks, we've seen, uh, in recent months, I should say, there's been plenty of uh, alleged photos, uh, leaked designs, uh, and, and other information that that uh, that seems to be consistent, in uh, at least, about the device having uh, a larger screen, no home button. Uh, so the front face of the device, the, the rumour is it's going to be an OLED screen. So really sharp, really clear, no home button, and the re- reportedly being unlocked with facial recognition. They're the rumours. And, and and the the thing that, that we're hearing over and over again, the rumours appear to be consistent. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any, any wild uh, diversion, wild direction of these new rumours. They all seem to be consistent around the fact that the new iPhone, whether it's even called the iPhone 8, because you've got to remember it's the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. So whether it's called the iPhone X, the iPhone edition, whatever they happen to call it, could be the iPhone 8. That's, that's what they're up to. The, the the conclusion that we can reach uh, looking at all the rumours and reports is that there will be an iPhone that will be uh, size-wise in between the 7 and the 7 Plus. So a screen around about the 5.2-inch mark, which will be a lot smaller than the Plus iPhone, but slightly larger than the 7, than the entry level, the, the smaller 4.7-inch phone. And the latest thing that we've seen are videos and photos of dummies of these phones. Now, the reason these dummies are created are so that case manufacturers can actually test their test their cases to make sure they fit properly. So what, what they do, there's a whole industry out there where these dummies are created using the known data for what we're apparently going to see and these dummies are created. Now, according to the latest videos and images, we can see that the 7 and the 7, the 7S and the 7S Plus will have a very similar design to what they have now, but with a glass, that they've gone back to glass. So remember the iPhone 4 and 4S with that flatter, uh, shinier surface, that's going to be a glass, glass rear panel. Uh, and they will both both phones, so both the 7S and the 7S Plus, reportedly will have both have dual lens cameras. Only the 7 Plus had that in the in the latest the versions of the iPhone that's out now. And the other important, the other noticeable part of those videos and images is the iPhone 8 dummy, and it consistently offers. Uh, a similar look to the leaked images and other things that have been floating around, and that is that of a device that is all screen on the front, no physical home button to speak of, but there is a there has been, and this was revealed in in lines of code that Apple has released for HomePod. There is evidence of facial recognition. So your phone will unlock just by you looking at it. Something that the that Samsung introduced with the Note 7, the doomed Note 7 last year, and then brought across to the Samsung Galaxy S8 as well. So facial recognition is nothing new, but Apple's spin on it, I'm sure, will be most interesting. There is all there was also a rumor that Apple had actually perfected a way to read a fingerprint through a display. 
Qualcomm uh, at the at a recent mobile convention in in Beijing or, or Shanghai could have been. Uh, they demonstrated this technology where a fingerprint could actually be read through an LCD display or an OLED display. Whether Apple has their own version of that technology is yet to be seen. We'll know a little bit more in the coming weeks when Apple officially uh, sets a date for this announcement. With uh, assuming that the announcement, the event is takes place in early to mid September, then we're anticipating the products to go on sale before the end of September. Normally, there's a bit of a two week gap between announcement and going on sale. With uh, us here in Australia being lucky enough to be in the top tier, the first wave of countries that receive the new iPhones. In fact, because of the the time difference, Australia actually gets the iPhone hours before the US even does, which is great if you're an Aussie. If you want to read more about those rumors and see those that video and those images, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide, keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, next up, we are going to chat about the Sony Bravia OLED TVs, yes, the A1 series of televisions have arrived in Australia. Now, I saw these TVs back in January at the Consumer Electronics Show. And the exciting thing about these TVs is they combine two excellent things. Number one, an OLED panel. OLED is short for Organic Light Emitting Diode. Now, this panel, as I understand, has been sourced uh, from LG. LG Display uh, uh, as I'm, I'm thinking, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is right, they are the only producers of OLED panels in the world. They've, uh, the LG displays have cracked the code of making OLED panels, uh, so they are not only using them in their own TVs, but also Panasonic OLED TVs, and the latest is now Sony Bravia to include an OLED panel. But a panel is only as good as what you do with it. Now, whether they purchase it from LG doesn't mean it's going to be exactly like LG's TV or Panasonic's TV, for that matter. So them buying a panel is is just is one thing, but it's what they do with it that counts. And by that, I mean they are going to include, with this OLED TV, some amazing technology, including their 4K HDR processor X1 Extreme technology. Throw into the mix as well tri-luminous, their triluminous display technology, and you're going to see something pretty special. I did see this TV, as I said, and it looks remarkable. But it's not only how it looks that's going to impress customers, but also how it sounds. Now, here is a bit of a world first for this television. It's, it's going to be the world's first TV with in-screen sound. By that, I mean the sound actually comes through the screen. So there's no need to have speakers on the side or on the bottom. They come through the display. So what you're seeing on the screen, if somebody's talking on the screen, for example, uh, you'll see from their mouth, it'll seem that the sound is coming from their mouth as it moves. So uh, this is going to be a bit of a breakthrough. And I I did actually hear the quality of this audio. And even though there are no physical speakers that you can see, there is speakers obviously at the back of the TV then coming through the screen. It did sound high quality. Uh, A lot of people have questioned. I've written the story about the announcement last week. A lot of people saying, well, how does it sound? Do I still need to buy a soundbar? Well, what I heard at the show 
allowed me to conclude that it was probably as good as sound bar sound quality. So the the quality that Sony produces through the screen was was that impressive. It was it, it was, and I, I remember it distinctly because I'm thinking, hang on, where's this sound coming from? And and someone was saying, well, it's coming actually from the screen, and there was no sound bars, nothing, nothing else around. It sounded fantastic, and because there's no screens. It, it, the TV has a really minimal look. There's actually the, there's no stand for the the screen. It actually rests like a little bit of like like you put a picture on a shelf. It's got its own stand at the back, and the bottom of the screen is actually on the bottom of your entertainment unit. You can also mount it on the wall, but there are no stands to speak of. So it does actually sit on the bottom edge of the display is is on the surface of the entertainment unit. Uh, really exciting stuff. Sony, I've always had a, a big wrap on their on their TVs, and they've got all this great technology behind this great OLED uh, that that X1 Extreme processor I spoke about. They've also got this new in screen tech, in screen audio, which they call acoustic surface technology. So uh, the sound r- coming from the screen, sound and image are synchronized from that point. So the the sound, the the, or the that point on the screen, it, the audio will originate from that point on the screen. So so it really has to be seen and heard to be believed. Now, uh, the, these are available now. There's two sizes, 55-inch and 65-inch. That's the Sony A1 series. They've got the 4K X-Reality Pro on board, as well as their triluminous display technology, as I mentioned. So it will enhance your TV broadcasts, upscale your DVDs and Blu-rays to 4K standard, as well as your internet videos will look better than ever as well, running on the Sony TV. The A1 series, the 55-inch TV is $4,999. The 65-inch is $7,490. But for what you're getting, I've got to say that's not bad value because there are other OLEDs that are similar sized but don't quite have the sort of cutting-edge audio technology and look and feel that are even more expensive than that. So Sony are pretty competitive here with their very first Bravia-branded OLED TVs. Uh, they are available today, as I said, and if you want to read more about them, uh, take a look at the that set for yourself, the A1. It look, does look terrific. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, we all spend a fair bit of time looking at screens, whether it's our, our phones, whether it's our computers or tablets or whatever it might be. Everyone, and I'm talking to you listening to this podcast, is uh, has spent hours at any one point, even, even in a single day, up to six, seven hours looking at a screen. And after a while, it does really can, can, can put a bit of strain on your eyes. The reason it can do that is because, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, the screen actually emits a blue light that can cause problems with your eyes. And by that, I mean you can suffer from eye strain, which can lead to headaches, blurred vision, fatigue. You could have neck and back pain as a result. So that blue light that emitted from LED displays that we're all using, phones, tablets, and computers, laptops, desktop computers, the whole lot, they emit that blue light. Well, I discovered that an Australian company called Xra they have created a line of glasses for prescription and non-prescription users alike to wear to filter out that blue light 
that can enter our retina and cause muscular and vis- visual damage to our eyes. So this is our, our natural lenses in our eyes have, are not capable of filtering out that blue light. So that's where the glasses come into it. And as I said, available in prescription and non-prescription options. So uh, I've been wearing them and trying them. I actually gave a pair to my daughter as well, and she noticed a huge difference because she does a lot of studying. She's in front of a computer. She's at university, and she mentioned the fact that her eyes are a lot less tired, less dry. In my case, I, th- I found less later in the night my eyes get a bit dry, and I'm rubbing them, and with with, uh, with the wearing the extra glasses, I, uh, I didn't find that at all. I did notice, though, the screen was slightly whiter than normal. I think that's maybe because of the removal of that blue light. But uh, I did find, I did notice a, def- a, dif- a difference that uh, my eyes weren't as tired uh, after a long day looking at the computer. There are styles for men and women. Uh, I've, I've put pictures of all the different models and colors that are available. Uh, Extra Eyewear is offering these glasses at nine, from $98 with free shipping and 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, so they from their website, which is Extra Eyewear, which is Extra spelled E-X-Y-R-A, eyewear.com. Uh, check out those lenses there. I have put a link to their site and written a story about these glasses uh, along with some images uh, and all the different styles. You can check my story out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. There's lots of valuable stuff stored on our computer. You think about it, family photos and videos, tax and work documents. Well, how would you feel if they were all gone, suddenly encrypted and impossible to retrieve? Well, what I've just described is called ransomware. This, is, this, is, this exists. This malware locks you out of your own files and then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. This, unfortunately, is on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware from a couple of months ago. It does this by blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and backing up files from your PC to the cloud so you'll have a copy if anything goes wrong. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Okay, first up on the Tech Guide review, we're going to talk, look at the Hisense Series 7 ULED TV. Now, uh, Hisense, which, uh, full disclosure, are actually advertising on the Tech Guide website at the moment. But we decided to take a look at their TV. They uh, they deserve a review just like anyone else. And one thing we discovered with Hisense, and a lot of customers have asked me, that they see that the TVs are thousands of dollars cheaper than similar-sized TVs from other brands. And a lot of them need a little bit of justification. I do get emails and calls uh, and asking, so what, what is the catch with these Hisense TVs? Why are they much cheaper than some of the other brands? And my answer to that is, well, they're cheaper because they've got their own technology, they've got their own manufacturing processes, which obviously is obviously efficient because they can offer these competitive prices. But on board, uh, they have noticed, uh, and I've written this in my review, that you are getting like-for-like features when it comes to 4K, HDR, great color processing, 
Uh, the smart connectivity is all there on this TV. They've got also good audio coming from these televisions. And side by side, I think if you covered the brands and just put all these TVs side by side, even even against some of the big names like your Samsungs and LG and Sony and Panasonic, Hisense actually holds its own. Uh, I, I was surprised to see the quality and value that you you do get from these televisions. I think if you if you covered up all the names and got people to pick what they perceived as their the best looking picture, I think Hisense would rank really highly against even those higher, bigger, and more fancied competitors. So Hisense are doing a great job. They're a Chinese company, huge success in China naturally, and they're making also inroads here in Australia. Now the TV that we looked at for our review was the. 55-inch Series 7. Model number is the 55N7. That's N for Nelly. 55N7. Uh, And the TV, we had the 55-inch model, and we found it to be an incredible television. And and they've got their own ULED technology. So the TV is an LED backlit TV, but they've got more than 20 patents on board to create remarkable picture quality. They've also got a, a technology called local dimming so that different uh, there are light and darker sh- uh, areas of the screen that react in real time. So if there is a dark part of the image, the, the backlight in that part of the image is, is dimmed so that you get a deeper black and, and better contrast in that area of the TV. We were watching lots of 4K UHD discs, which are HDR compatible. HDR is high dynamic range, so that means you're getting wider whites, blacker blacks, great contrast, really good color as well, rich color, natural color too. I found that the TV had a a, a realistic natural look to it rather than that sort of artificially pumped up color that looks a little bit cartoony. I think some, some TV manufacturers try to compensate quality with brightness so they just pump up the 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 colors of their tvs but to me it just looks really fake high sense didn't need to do that everything looked really natural uh, and real the clarity was also remarkable there's some 4k footage that we saw that had so much detail there was i think there was videos of an owl and all these uh, you could see all the fine images the fine detail of the feathers and all all all, all the parts of the animal it, it's it's the, even the reflection on its eyes seeing landscapes and and oceans the colors look really really real and natural so uh really big wrap on on the quality that they produced and we watched lots of 4k we also watched a fair bit of sport as well and and action movie so the tv was pretty smooth as well the refresh rate uh really kept things moving pretty smoothly so the picture didn't sort of what wasn't too much motion judging in fact hardly any at all that was impressive as well uh the, the the things that come into play to create that they've got their pure color technology uh they've also got uh good audio quality with their dbx tv uh technology as well so you're getting the 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 challenge with a thin tv a flat screen tv is there's not much room to have a big speaker so coming up with a decent sound is is a challenge and hisense actually have done a good job with their dbx tv technology so they've mixed it up so that the sound that actually comes out of the tv is it's actually surprisingly good not not thin and tinny as you would hear with some other brands some other brands you they just assume you're going to get a sound bar for the tv but i think with the hisense you could easily uh, appreciate the quality of the sound just from the speakers that are actually built into the television uh 4k resolution of course 
which is four times that of a full HD TV. Uh, so we watch plenty of 4K movies. There's plenty of 4K content on Netflix, Stan. So lots of stuff for you to watch. Now, in terms of the connectivity, you've got Wi-Fi on board, Ethernet connection too. There's also uh, Bluetooth, and as well as you can have a, have connections to all your content through the smart system, the, the Vida U ribbon menu. So all your sources, all your content, everything's in one place. So really easy to navigate that with your remote control. Now, the Hisense Series 7, the model 55N7, is priced on the Hisense website at $2,499, which that at that price isn't bad. But it, we have seen it in stores $1,000 cheaper. I think Harvey Norman have it for $1,495, so it's $1,004 cheaper than what it's listed at at the Hisense website. So definitely worth a look. I think Hisense has really shown they can stand next to the big brands, go side by side, and still uh, punch above their weight. So, uh, And you're getting all those great features at a, at a much cheaper price. So most definitely worth a look. The Hisense Series 7, the 55N7. If you want to read our review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we've had a look at the Nokia 6. Now, we spoke weeks ago about the release of the Nokia, new Nokia Android devices. And we're happy to report that we actually quite like what they've done. It is a good thing to finally see a Nokia phone running the Android operating system. And they've produced three models in the range. The Nokia 3, which is 249 bucks, The Nokia 5, which is 329 bucks, And they've, then you've got the Nokia 6, which is what we reviewed here, for $399. Now, even at $399, bucks, this is their top-line phone at the moment. We're hearing that there may be uh, an announcement in the next week or two about a Nokia 8 or 9. But the Nokia 6, I have to say, for the money, it does look more expensive than it is. It's 399 bucks, but it does have that design and flair and build quality to make you think it's worth a lot more. So for anyone who's looking for an affordable handset that doesn't want to pay the earth but still get quality, this is the handset for you. Even if you may be a high-end user that is sick of paying over 1000 bucks for a phone, this is a great device as well, 399 bucks. On the design side, you can really feel the quality. It's actually milled from a solid block of aluminium. And it's given that nice gentle curve on the back, some chamfered edges that catch the light. They've got a nice silver finish to them. Uh, the back is also uh, is really nice. It's got a curve, little slight curve in, on the back that uh, makes it rest really nicely in your hand. The screen is covered with corning glass, uh, corning gorilla glass, I should say. And uh, the is it does have a USB-C. It does not have a USB-C charge port, I should say. It has a USB, a normal micro USB port on the back, I think. It, it kind of shows its age a little bit if it doesn't have a micro uh, USB-C port. Uh, but that look, that shouldn't detract from the quality of this phone. Uh, you, you can still charge it and do everything you need to do with it with the micro USB connection. But would have been nice to have a USB-C. Uh, it does have a nice 5.5-inch full HD display. Uh, really nice uh, to, to look at. Really sharp, nice colors. 
Uh, so something that you're going to be looking at all day that does look pretty nice. Your app's going to look good, your website, your web pages, your pictures, your videos all sparkle on this screen. It's powered by a Snapdragon 430 mobile processor from Qualcomm, 3 gig of RAM. So that's pretty impressive credentials for a, a phone under 400 bucks. 32 gig of internal memory, but it does have an, a micro SD card slot to expand that even more. It's running Android 7.1.1. And Nokia insists they will also always keep it up to date. They're going to have regular updates for not only for the operating system, but security updates as well. So they're working pretty closely with Google. Speaking of Google and Android, what impressed me as well was just how pure the Android experience is. There's a lot of phones that run Android but have a very thick user interface layer. It kind of makes you forget you're using an Android phone to begin with. Not the case with the Nokia 6. I quite like the fact that it is pretty pure experience, as close to a phone that Google would make itself. So definitely worth a look there as well. Now, another impressive feature that I have to mention is the audio on the Nokia 6. The speakers on board uh, sound remarkable. In fact, probably some, one of the best sounding phones from its own speakers that I've ever heard. Now, it has Dolby Atmos on board as well. So if you're listening to Dolby Atmos content, you, the, having hearing it on this phone, it's going to sound like sounds are coming from around you, above you, behind you, and down on top of you. Dolby Atmos gives you that three-dimensional sound experience. And whether you're wearing headphones or just listening through the phone speakers, you still get that immersive effect and that, that, that notion of the separation of the left and right and rear and top sounds. Uh, from a phone of all things really impressive and as I said works with headphones or just through the speakers so you don't even need to buy Bluetooth speakers if you want to just listen to your music pipe it through the onboard speakers you'll be pleasantly surprised now on the camera side Nokia 6 has a 16 megapixel phase detection autofocus camera and a front 8 megapixel camera now we found the camera takes really good photos but one little thing that was off-putting for us was that when you press the shutter it it was, it was almost instant. But what was slow was the little preview of what you took appearing in the bottom right corner. So when you take a photo, when you see that picture on the bottom right corner change, that little preview, it did take a couple of seconds. And so it wasn't, at first we thought, well, is that shutter, is that the shutter lag? Have we actually taken the photo? It, the, 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 there is no shutter lag. What is lagging is the time that that little preview takes to come up in the corner. So you have taken your photo. I was confused a couple of times thinking, is that photo taken? Then it, it would appear. And I'm thinking, well, did I get the shot? Did I not get the shot? So hopefully they, they, they could probably improve the, the appearance of that preview of your image so that you think, well, okay, it's there. I hit the shutter, the shutter and instantly it's there. That would give me a better feeling knowing that I captured the photo rather than having to look into the gallery to see whether it's in focus or not. On the battery side, You've got a 3,000 milliamp hour battery. That's the advantage of having a big phone. You get a big battery. And this battery cruises through the day. Not a problem. Uh, as no better or worse than other phones in this class in terms of battery life. So easily cruises into the afternoon and into the evening. So don't be concerned. You're going to be reaching for the charger halfway through the day. You won't. It will last you the whole day and even some t as, uh, partly into the next day as well. The Nokia 6, it's 399 bucks, which is pretty good value if you ask us. So great for entry and mid-level users. But if you uh, even if you use a higher-quality device, you're not going to feel out of place with the Nokia 6. Definitely worth a look. If you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. 
Next up, we're going to run through some products from Kensington. Kensington's a very well-known company that make computer accessories. They've been around for a long time. They make uh, mice and, and trackballs and other other devices that just help make your computing life even easier. What they've come up with uh, now is uh, four new products we're going to talk about really quickly. The Kensington Smart Fit Laser Top Riser. The USB-C docking station with power, USB-C mobile docking station, and the wired lightning keyboard for the iPad. Let's start off with the SmartFit laptop riser. This has got key, that's QI, wireless charging. So the advantage of this is that it can elevate your laptop at a better height so that if you're typing on a desktop, uh, you could the, at least the laptop is at a nearly closer to eye level. When you when you just have it on a flat desktop, you kind of hunch down to look at the laptop. It often results in pain in the back of the neck and in the side of the neck and wherever it hurts in your neck. Uh, having a stand like this, which has four different adjustable heights, really helps it as well. And you're not losing desktop space. You're actually gaining desktop space because the space it would have taken up on the desk, it's now elevated. That space on the bottom now, you can put a, a wireless charging compatible phone like the Galaxy S8, for example, down on that surface and it will charge. You can also use that other sur- the other part of the surface to store stuff. So you've you've actually made space with the 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 stand, the SmartFit laptop riser. Next up, the Kensington wired keyboard for iPads. Now a lot of the keyboards we talk about for the iPad are wireless, so powered by Bluetooth. Well, in this case, the, it has a cable that connects right into the lightning connector. So it's a nice long cable too, about 60 centimeter cable. So you can set yourself up comfortably and you'll have a direct connection to the computer, to the laptop, to the iPad, I should say, with a lightning cable. Now, the advantage of having a lightning cable is that it draws power to the keyboard. That's the other thing about a Bluetooth keyboard. You've got to remember to charge it sometimes. With this keyboard, the Kensington wired keyboard for iPad, you don't need to do that. By the way, the Smart Riser, that's $79.95. The uh, product we just spoke about, the Kensington Wired Keyboard for iPad, is $79.95 also. Now, moving along to the, there's two docks we're going to talk about now. One is a mobile docking station, and this allows you to connect to USB-C, but not lose the other in the other ports like a HDMI port, RSA, or USB 2 port as well, or an Ethernet port. So if, uh, giving you the, the MacBook Pro is a good example. That now only has USB-C ports. With the Kensington USB-C mobile docking station, you'll be able to connect to your USB-C port and still have a HDMI slot, RCA, RSA slot, uh, USB 2, USB 3 slot, and an Ethernet port as well. So you, uh, you, you lose one USB-C port, but you gain all those others. Uh, speaking of docks and ports, the USB-C, the Kensington USB-C docking station, by the way, the mobile docking station is $129.95. The Kensington USB-C docking station, which is more for a desktop solution, that's $349.95, offers similar connectivity. Now, both of the docks uh, I spoke about are Thunderbolt 3 compatible, and the USB-C docking station has two USB-C ports uh, for power. They can use for, for they can pass through power, data, 4K video. There's also a HDMI port and a display port. You also get three USB 3 ports, which all support 2.1 amp fast charge. You also get a gig- gigabit Ethernet port for wired network connectivity as well. There's also a headphone and microphone jack, and 
and they won't t- take up any desktop space because they can be mounted on the back of a monitor. So that's more of a desktop solution. If you're connecting several monitors, other peripherals, you don't want to lose any connectivity. That is the product for you. If you want to read more about that, the Kensington Accessories, check them out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. You already know Arlo by Netgear. That's the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, now you can get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, your pets, or whoever's at your front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro is a quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and light live on-demand streaming, and yes, still 100% wire-free and weatherproof. So you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on the phone, tablet, or your computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Tech Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, the Help Desk, we're going to cover two of our greatest hits here. Number one, travelling overseas and need a SIM card. Well, there are two things you can do. One is buy a, a, a roaming pack from your current telco. So you maybe approach Telstra, you approach Optus, say, look, I'm going overseas. Uh, you can buy packs that gives you a certain amount of data, a certain amount of calls before you need to refresh it. Or if you're a Vodafone customer like myself, you pay $5 a day and roam on your plan using your data, using your calls, whatever your plan offers you in Australia, you can use it overseas in up to in more than 55 countries for just $5 a day. That is one solution. And reason I you mentioned that is because there was one reader who asked me, we're traveling overseas, but I still need to call back, call Australia to talk. I still he still needed to do a bit of work and call clients and things from uh, from the road from from his trip. And I suggested that maybe getting the roaming pack for those calls will then see your clients will see that you are calling them. If you got a, a SIM card, an American SIM card or whatever, wherever you happen to be, they're going to see this foreign number and maybe not answer the phone. So by getting a roaming pack, at least you're making a call on your own SIM card back to your client. So that's a solution. If you're not make, doing any, making any business calls, you just want the data and just maybe to keep in touch with each other while you're, uh, say, you and the members of your family, then I highly recommend you buying a SIM card from wherever you are. So buy a local SIM, uh, make sure it's got plenty of data and that way you can chat to each other. But most importantly, you can use the data. So you can get on Facebook and, and check your emails and do all those sorts of things using that SIM card. Now, the other thing that I get asked a lot about is improving Wi-Fi in our house, a lot, a lot in your house. A lot of people think that um, their, their internet is slow. Should they get a new router to improve it? Well, but getting a new router is not going to make the internet come into your house any faster. But what it is going to improve is the speed and reliability of the information within your network. So a good router will know to to gather enough of your Netflix movie and stream it consistently so you don't see any buffering. Uh, a, a good router will also give you wider Wi-Fi coverage in your home as well. Uh, I do get asked a lot, I want to improve the Wi-Fi. Do I get a range extender? What do I do? 
In some cases, a range extender will suffice. So if you've got maybe there's one little dark spot in your home, then maybe a range extender could be the answer. What you do is put the range extender halfway between the black spot and the modem, and it will push the range extender will push the Wi-Fi into that area, piggyback it off the original modem, and, and push it into that extended, as its name suggests, into that area. The other solution is to get a mesh Wi-Fi system. Now, you've, you've seen some on the market already. These are products that have got two or three different routers on board. Well, one of them is Netgear's Orbi, which allows you to have one base station and a satellite, so you get a wider coverage. So the, the main one creates its own Wi-Fi, but then links to the other station that also creates its own Wi-Fi, so you get wider, more consistent coverage. Similar system to that is the Develop from Linksys. Uh, again, that comes with up to three different mo- uh, routers, so you can position one near your modem and the other two around your house, and it also can guide you through it. So you're getting, you're putting it in the best possible places. The more recent addition to the the uh, that sort of Wi-Fi system is Google Wi-Fi. Google Wi-Fi can, comes into either a single pack or a three pack, so you can create a wider network. So you position the main one near your modem and then position the other smaller units around your house, and each of them will generate their own wireless, uh, their own part of the Wi-Fi network. It'll still be the one name of the network, but all will be working in tandem to create a better quality network, uh, more consistent speed across the entire network rather than only being within six feet of the of the modem and router. So they are the solutions that we talked about in the help desk. All those products and those solutions with SIM cards and those mesh Wi-Fi systems that I mentioned, you can read about all of them at techguide.com.au. And that's the end of our show for another week. You can read about everything that we've discussed at techguide.com.au if you want to take a closer look. And also, we'd love to hear from you as well, so please get in touch with us. Email us at info at techguide.com.au. We're also doing something a little different. We'd like to hear from you. If you want to actually record your question and send it into us, you can do that really easily using the Voice Byte app. That's voice spelt B, voice and B-Y-T-E, Voice Byte. I'm actually the co-founder of this app, and I'd love you to use it. It allows you to share 15 seconds of audio. Use the hashtag AskSteven in the clip title and just slide to broadcast and I will receive it. So we can play your voice on our Tech Guide podcast and you can hear my response to your help desk question. If you'd like to do that, please download the app. It's free on iOS, uh, so for iPhone and also free for Android. We'd love to hear from you. And by using VoiceBite, that's exactly what you can do. You'll be heard. You won't just be boring words on a screen you'll be a voice that i will play on the tech guide podcast special thanks we want to give a shout out to netgear the brand you can trust for all your wi-fi needs and also our other sponsor norton the company that can help keep you and your family safe online thank you for listening we look forward to you joining us again next week so until then stay safe and stay connected